Today, Anjali Navrantiren, the 18-year-old speaker and program director at Startup Dojo and host of the Young at Heart show, is our guest on the Futurist podcast. In this conversation, we talk about teen entrepreneurship, how to actually be one and how to foster it in others and how to facilitate their success. Futurize goes beneath the trends to track the underlying forces of disruption in tech, policy, business models, social dynamics, and the environment. And I'm your host, Trunarne Unheim, futurist and author. Now for a quick sponsored message. Explore the new course Scale OS from Smalik Enterprises, where you will work with award-winning CEO Stephanie Malik to scale your business tapping into surprising sources of revenue. Find out more about ScaleOS by going to the affiliate link in the show notes and use the code FUTURIZED for a 10% discount. You can also find it at futurized.org slash sponsors. Anjali, how are you? I'm quite well. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm so excited to be speaking to you about a topic that is, I think, so important for the future. Teenage entrepreneurship. What a, what a unique focus. Um, you are... Not, you are still a teenager, I guess, the end of your teens. Yes. <laughs> you started companies. You have helped others start companies. You're the program director at Startup Dojo, and we'll talk about that. And you're the host of a podcast called Young at Heart. You launched your first business at age 15, and you are a two-times robotics world champion. That's a, that's a lot of accolades for being still a teenager. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I guess so. I guess I, I just crammed a lot in at some point, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you crammed a lot in. Yeah, thank you so um, much for having me on the show, Tron. I'm really excited to, to be here. Well, so I'm super excited. So tell me, how was your, what was your high school like, high school experience? Ah, okay, great question. Um, uh, I was a total nerd growing up, so I think that's a good way to start characterizing it. I've always been a pretty big nerd. I mean, I started coding when I was like 10 years old. So, um, you know, by the time I was 16 or se- and 17, I was a part of like this robotics team. And that's where the world robotics champion thing came in, where we won twice. But I spent like, you know, my entire childhood being a total nerd and just writing code and playing with robots. So that was a pretty big defining factor. Um, and you know, outside playing of- with robots. Who gave you those robots? Was that your parents supplying robots? No, I just joined a lot of clubs uh, since I was like very young. I'm um, competing in various robotics competitions, and I know the first, like the first like two or three years I did it, I sucked. Like we lost everyone, but then eventually, you know, we get we got the hang of it. Um, you know, the nerd capability started kicking in, and that was a pretty big piece of my childhood. <laughs> Why didn't you give up when you lost the first couple of times? Um, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's something about like just being that young and being that passionate about this new thing where I was just like, I'm going to do whatever it takes to figure it out um, just because I thought it was so cool. And I loved, even though I was losing, I loved learning about the other robots and the, the, and the things the other kids had made and trying to learn from them. So for some reason, hmm. I decided to stick it out. <laughs> Yeah. You're now pursuing a, a double degree at Wharton. What, uh, what's that going to be like? Um, very excited. I'm, uh, I took a gap year this, like 2020 to 2021 to really build out the Startup Dojo program. And that, of course, that's been really rewarding and exciting. And I guess we'll talk more about that after. But in terms of the double degree program at Penn, I'm looking forward to that because, you know, 
I'll be doing engineering. So like, you know, my nerd side is very happy and I'll also be studying business at Wharton. So nerd side, I guess, is also happy there. But um, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Look, we're going to talk about a topic um, that's pretty grand because teen entrepreneurship is something you know a lot about. Um, There are some teen entrepreneurs. We're not going to go through all of them, but I have been able to find that, you know, there is a, there are some programs and there certainly is some, uh, there is some help out there now for teen businesses, but I think historically there hasn't been very much. I mean, apart from these newspaper articles that usually would pick some typical time around graduation and just talk about how these fantastic geniuses are doing all kinds of things. That's not necessarily super helpful if you are a teenager who who's trying to get involved. What what have you? As, let me kick it off there. What what did you find helpful when you were fifteen and you got the idea to start a business? Was there anything at all that was helping you? Um, I think I leaned very heavily on any sort of you know mentor that I could find and being really open in asking questions. So. Not really like being very humble in that sense and like, you know, not thinking I know anything and always be open to learning from um, people about how I could improve the work I was doing, how I could improve the program, how I could reach uh, more people through the business. Um, So that was one piece. And then also like mentors. So I remember, uh, so just for background, I can tell the audience a little bit about what that business was about. So I mentioned earlier, I spent my childhood being a huge nerd. So going into high school, I realized that most students don't have the opportunity to learn about um, coding and technology. Uh, So I wanted to help bridge that gap through my first startup. And with that experience, I went in totally blind. Like I knew nothing about what I was getting myself into. I I literally started by sending out some cold emails um, to potential customers like teachers and seeing if they'd be interested in allowing me to run workshops for them. And that was it, like just some cold emails. I had no curriculum. I had no materials. I had absolutely nothing. Um, So earlier I mentioned mentors and really leaning on anyone who believed in what we were doing and leaning on that support. And that really came into play at the beginning because I sent out these emails and I got back a lot of people who were excited. But again, I had no experience, no background, no materials. So (laughs) luckily I had a wonderful computer science teacher who came in and was like, Okay, I'll let you. I'll let you loan some materials for the first little while, um, and help fill in that gap. And that was very serendipitous there. Um, but yeah, I owe a lot to the mentors and the people, like just the believers who supported me at the beginning. Wow. Well, well, we'll talk a little bit about your startup and and about the startup dojo in a second. Um, I'm going to introduce you to to Tanya. This is an earlier episode of of the podcast, but she she has a wonderful uh, startup called Sure Start, which is about training um, people on on AI. Um, so there there are initiatives out there, and and you know you can train people even even very young on um, very ad- advanced things if you have the right approach. And and she has a very exciting approach that I think you'll find you'll find interesting too. Yeah. Um, but why don't we talk a little bit about Startup Dojo for, for, for this uh, moment. So what, what is Startup Dojo? Great question. So Startup Dojo is an academy for teen entrepreneurs, or as you'll hear me say, teenpreneurs, uh, for teenpreneurs, by teenpreneurs. 
And the goal is to really expose young people to entrepreneurial skills like problem-solving, critical thinking, leadership, and communication by, en by enabling them to learn by doing. So we help teenpreneurs build up real startups while they're still in high school. And we support them as they grow their business and see real results. And what exactly is it that you, you're teaching them? You said problem solving and being creative uh, is sort of the first thing. But uh, let's handle that for, for a second. How, how do you teach and coach that? Yeah, I think it, it all really comes. I think those are skills that are best learned by doing. So I think that's something that's really cool about our approach. We don't like sit them down and draw on a whiteboard about like what it means to problem solve and like the three-step approach to problem solve. We don't do anything like that. We let students jump in and then we support them along the way. And then I think that's really the best way to learn because, you know, they're learning by doing and it's that kind of thing that really sticks with you. So I can get more into like how the program works specifically now or later on if you want to talk about that. But, but are they essentially bringing their own problems to, to this. You're not giving them artificial problems to solve. Correct. Yeah. So the really cool thing about um, like our, our teenpreneurs is that everyone's working on something very unique. And what they work on is totally driven by their own interests and passions. So we have one student who's working on a hardware device that, that's going to tack like that's working to tackle water wastage. So that's a huge issue. And we also have one student who's working on a car detailing company because he's just passionate about cars and wanted to, you know, build a scalable, um, profitable business. So it's a huge variety of problems and businesses that we support, but they're all totally driven by the teenpreneur. Hmm. So business fundamentals and, you know, how to develop a business plan, all those things, they're, they're, typical part of entrepreneurship programs, how important are they for, for teenpreneurs? Because that would seem to be like um, certainly a new thing. Like you, you wouldn't have had to develop a business plan before. It's not typically a school course or anything. So do you spend a little bit of time on those type of like kind of business school type of things? Um, so our approach is much more experiential because what I've seen from working with young people is that there's so much new content. And when, you, when you're jumping into something new like business or entrepreneurship, the last thing you need is to be overwhelmed by information and buzzwords, right? So that was kind of the thing I was very, very, wait, very wary of uh, going into this. And as a result, we decided to really focus on the experiential learning. So letting students figure it out and improve iteratively every week. So we help them set metrics um, and then work towards those metrics and that makes you know success very easy to, to define like are you growing are you getting more users are you getting more customers and um are you learning so it's really just about are you growing every week so g give me an example from end to end here so t yeah. t take a student or so i don't know what you call your uh the people in your program but give me an example how you got introduced to them how their first you know weeks were in the program and where they are now yeah, so um, all students come in by applying online. Um, and then if and when a student is admitted, they join a cohort of teenpreneurs. And all the teenpreneurs are between the ages of 13 and set, and 18 years old. Um, you have a teenpreneur that's 13? Yes. 
I, I don't know if I mentioned, I don't know if the audience has heard this, but the, the one who was 13 was also on Dragon's Den. So for American listeners, that's the equivalent of Shark Tank. It act, like Shark Tank actually started in Canada as Dragon's Den. And we had a 13-year-old who was on Dragon's Den after joining the program. So yeah. That's fantastic. <laughs> that is fantastic. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think that really speaks to, you know, the power of young people. But yeah. Uh, so, um, so, you know, they enter the program. So, yeah. so well, you can take this 13-year-old or someone else. So they, they apply online. And then what, what typically happens? Yeah. So uh, once they join their cohort, there are two main pillars of the program. So um, the first few weeks are really around helping them to decide on what their business idea is. So we go really in depth and we look at where are their interests, where are their passions, and what are some problems that um, align with their interests, their unique skills and abilities, and how can we use that to solve a problem? And we do a lot of brainstorming and thinking around that. From there, we um, do exercises with competitive analysis. We choose a few to narrow into, and we look at, okay, what does the competition look like? And given you know the market, the high-level market analysis for a few different ideas, what seems like the best visa, the best option um, in terms of using your skills and interests and um, solving a big problem, and also where is there a gap? So like we find, we try to find the best space there for each teenpreneur. Once we've narrowed in on an idea, we help them get started. So build an MVP and get it out there and test it. Um, so for students who are building like web platforms, the next step is getting users. For students who are building like like a, a services business, it's how do you get customers and, and begin building that out and getting feedback from them and improving your service. So from there, the next step does differ. Um, and that's where the real beauty of our program comes into play. So we have two pillars. So one pillar is weekly mastermind sessions where the teenpreneurs come together and they share their wins, their lessons, and their challenges. And the challenges part is cool because not only do they get feedback from our coaches, but they also brainstorm with one another on how they can overcome their unique challenges. Um, and this enables them to really grow as a community and feel like they're not in it alone. I remember when I founded my first startup at 15, that was the worst part for me. Like I was, none of my friends knew what I was doing. There was no one my age who was doing anything remotely to what I was doing. And just the concept of me taking time out of my life to build a startup was so crazy. And because nobody really got what I was going through and all these constant fires that I was trying to put out, I just wanted to quit like every other day for the two years that I ran it. Um, so with Startup Dojo, we really help students stay engaged and motivated through that community aspect. And the other really cool piece of the program is we connect them with luminaries. So these are experts in academia and in industry who can help our teenpreneurs fill in knowledge gaps so they can become even stronger um, and make more impact. So for an example, we have professors from places like Wharton, Harvard, um, Stanford, who are, who are supporting our teenpreneurs. And on the industry front, we have the founders and executives at companies worth several millions of dollars to even a billion dollars. Um, so how do you recruit all these coaches? You are... 18 and you started this you know a few years ago how, how do you have a network to pick uh, all of those brains um that's a great question i think it kind of ties into one of my earlier points when you asked me about like um 
how do you advise someone who's getting started? It's really just being open and then like just sharing what we're doing. And the really cool thing that comes out of every single conversation when I share with um, a potential luminary is the answer is never no. It's never, I don't want to be involved. It's always yes. And how can I do even more? Because I think the cool thing about the entrepreneurial ecosystem in North America is that everybody wants to see it grow. Everyone wants to see more innovation and more um, initiative, especially coming from the next generation. And they want to support it. So why should teens found startups? What is so special about it? Um, I think the skill of entrepreneurship is really valuable. And as someone who's recently come out of high school and the education myself, I can 100% attest that school does not teach students entrepreneurship and critical thinking skills in any meaningful way. School is really good at teaching students how to, um, you know, be good at certain tasks and listen and repeat, but it does not teach people how to ask questions, think critically, find problems, and take action to solve them. And then, you know, use your common sense and critical thinking to improve on a business and make it better, optimize for your customers and your users. It does not teach people that skill in any shape or form. So I think it's so important to learn that because regardless of where you go in life, whether it's an industry, knowing how to think critically and think for yourself, that is so important um, because you can demonstrate that through entrepreneurship. Or if you go the other way and you are a founder, this, the teens who know how to do this at an early age are going to have such a big advantage um, later in life. Because if you think about it, a teen who starts founding startups at age 13, by the time they're starting college or they're you know, finishing up college, they would have had over 10 years of entrepreneurial experience. And um, you know, I, on my podcast, I interview a lot of successful founders. And what they say is most of them had to figure it out through several years of failure and learning and just doing startups. So the fact that we, have, we now have teens who are going to just have like 10 years of learning by the time they're in their mid-20s is so crazy because they don't need to wait until they're 30, 40 years old like most other entrepreneurs I talk to. A, a lot of people or a lot of teens, I would say, would maybe counter or maybe parents listening to this podcast would say, well, I don't know that my teen has any skills that are applicable to this or they have skills, but it's such an early, early day. You, you said that you were deeply involved with robotics from early on. How important is it, for example, to have tech skills and like unique tech skills like you have? So um, I guess there were three pieces that struck me that you said that are not taught in schools. One is to, t uh, to think critically, you know, more generally. And then, you know, um, certainly, you know, entrepreneurship skills uh, per se are also typically not taught, although I guess they have made, made its way you know, into some curricula. Uh, but then there's the tech piece. And, and you would have seemed to have learned a lot of this as you know, your self-proclaimed nerd. That's not all nerdship that's learned in school, is it? Like you, you were seeking those things out and you learned to fiddle with robots, you said in like, uh, you know, programs and things, and you, you didn't find that in school. How important is it for a 
teen entrepreneur to have a skill of some sort where they have gone very, very deep? I don't think it's necessary, although it definitely helps. I think there are skills you learn in entrepreneurship, um, which are separate from the technology. So one path, which makes a lot of sense is I think, so I'm someone who's done both, right? Like I have, I went pretty deep with technology and I also went pretty deep with entrepreneurship at a pretty young age. Um, and through that, I think there's definitely overlap and there's definitely a need for both, but I don't think it's a one or the other situation. I think um, having both can be very complementary. And in my opinion, I think the skills you learn through entrepreneurship are much more fundamental. Um, because if you think about it, in high school, there's only so deep that anyone can go when it comes to engineering or tech, because a lot of you know the math or anything, it, it quickly becomes, you're not gonna go into university level engineering when you're in high school, m most of the time. So I think it's much more reasonable to go deep into entrepreneurship and learn those skills at a young age. And then use, if you do, if you do learn technical skills later in life or early, it's not an, again, it's not a prerequisite, then it can supplement whatever you do with your entrepreneurial skills. But in my opinion, I think problem solving, critical thinking, communication, that is much more core and central than any specific technical skill. But can all of these things be learned? I know you said experiential learning, but it would seem to me that some of the skills you're talking about, they are also maturity skills. So they're skills that you learn, to your point, over time. Yeah. So you're not going to be, you, you may be 13, you may be brilliant, you may be very motivated, and you may you know be interested in so many things. But like you said, it takes a little bit of time to learn these things. So I guess you, you're, you also have to be patient as a teen entrepreneur. Or would you disagree that some of these uh, people that come to your program are so imminently teachable, they're like sponges and they become successful entrepreneurs, you know, in, in months rather than years? I think, I, think you're I think you're right, that there's definitely a multiplier effect. And the more time you spend with a certain entrepreneurial mindset, the better your brain becomes at, you know, naturally solving problems in a creative way and, and implementing them. So I think there's definitely a huge multiplier effect that time gives you. And um, I think that's a, a huge reason for why it's so important for young people to start learning as opposed to 30-year-olds, because one is much earlier in life and it gives you much more time um, to take advantage of that time multiplier effect. You are very passionate about making an impact. And I think in order to build something like a, the Startup Dojo, you have to believe that even young people, and especially maybe young people, can make an impact. What are some of the impacts that you have seen either in some of your early work or in some of the students in your program? Um, I think one big impact um, I, I think there's a lot of impact that can be seen in any of the teenpreneurs that, that we've worked with. So I can give you a couple of examples. Um, so let's start, I can start with the Dragon's Den student because I think she came up earlier in the interview. So we have the one 13-year-old student who's on Dragon's Den and um, seeing her growth was really cool because I think it was 
it's a testament to the real power of young entrepreneurs. Because I think the beauty of young people is that we don't know what isn't impossible. So we will end up doing the impossible um, just because we don't know any better. So I think a 13-year-old who went from not knowing anything about electronics to actually teaching herself about it and building like the first building the MVP her own after knowing nothing is a huge testament to that and the grit that um, you learn through entrepreneurship. And I guess this kind of relates to our earlier topic about um, the is it necessary to have a deep technical background going into it? I think if you are like passionate enough about whatever you're building, you will learn the skills on your own and you'll be motivated to learn them, which is even better than, you know, going to school and just learning it for the sake of doing it. Um, so, yeah, so I think just she learned a lot there in terms of electronics and exploring that for the first time. Communication skills are such a big growth in terms of, you know, her last presentation being in middle school to then being able to work. Like, I've never seen a higher work ethic than I've seen on this girl. Like, she was working 20 hours a week on her pitch, just refining it, refining it, refining it, getting everyone to quiz her all the time. And she's 13 years old. Um, like developing that work ethic at such a young age before she went into the studio. So I think that was one really cool example of growth over like a six, seven month period. And then we also have teenpreneurs like um, who, who are working on like services products. So we have one student in Ecuador who's working on a beauty line and she is 15. I think she just turned 15 and um, the growth that she has seen is really cool because she came in pretty shy. And by the, like within a few months, she was knocking on doors and getting her product placed on the shelves of local retailers. And this is a product that she'd built, like she made with her own hands, the formulation, the, the design, the packaging all on her own. And she went from being a shy teenager to over working to overcome that. And now being able to, get real sales, cold call people and convince and successfully convince them to buy into like, you know, believe in her and her business. And just that, just that skill alone, the communication piece is so valuable. And there's so many examples like that where you see when you allow teenagers to pursue their passions, um, they really learn a lot because now they're not motivated for a grade or something arbitrary. They're motivated because they're doing something they believe in. And that's like this magical space where real awesome learning just always happens. What do you think that young people can teach adults, entrepreneurs, or even just adults? Uh, what, what are some things that you think your students or yourself uh, have experienced that is applicable? If you come at this like me, you know, mid midlife or, or, or even just students that you're going to meet at uh, UPenn who don't have this background and they're either they're in business school and they've, you know, done the traditional thing and have some years of industry experience. And now they're going to be faced with this expectation that is out there nowadays that everyone should be an entrepreneur. And it's kind of daunting. I mean, I've taught these students and some of them are, they think now I have to become an entrepreneur. And not all, all of them are ready for that, to your point, because it, it actually isn't just about deciding I'm, I'm now an entrepreneur. What are some of the things that you would advise from having worked with 
people at such a young age and, and being one yourself, what are some of the things, strategies or ways of learning that really is the best way to, to truly explore entrepreneurship? Um, so for older people and, and what the, is it, is a question like what can older people learn from younger people or is it? Yeah, exactly. What, what, what do you think that, that you guys are doing, um, that either gets lost when you get older or people try to short circuit it because they think they're more experienced. But I, I'm just imagining that some, there, are, there are some things that you're doing with these students that are where you're actually learning faster and you're certainly learning in a different way. And you're learning more. I'm imagining you're learning it more naturally. That's at least what you've been explaining. Yeah. Um, I think there are two big things that kind of relate. So one would be just understanding how to un interpret your creativity and pursue it in a really dogged, dogged way. I think that's a skill that most young people have, but for some reason it gets weeded out as you age. That, that understanding of, you know, trusting your intuition and, and that level of creativity and um, you know, being okay with doing what is unconventional because you believe in it and because you think it's right. I think that's something that a lot of young people have, but um, you kind of lose as you get older. Uh, and I think that definitely makes the experience of entrepreneurship a little bit easier because like, what is entrepreneurship? You're pursuing something, you're doing something that most people wouldn't do either out of fear or because they don't think it'll work. And even though people are telling you it's probably not going to work, you're still doing it anyways. So it's a really scary thing. And I think just having that ability to, like that self-belief um, is so important. And I think that is something that, you know, can definitely be learned from younger, younger people, especially high school students. Uh, I think you definitely see that much more. And um, I think the other, the second piece would definitely be, it kind of jumps off of the first, but it would be, an appreciation for simplicity. I think as you get older in life, and as, as I've been in like corporate environments versus working with younger people, there's a trend where people seem to favor jargon and um, complexity, sometimes just for the sake of it, <laughs> is what it seems like. Um, often, like often, there's no need for the jargon or additional complexity, but it's, it often finds its way into, in, into conversations with older people, and you don't really see that with younger people. And I think um, just the appreciation for simplicity that you have when you're younger is so important because it enables you to focus on what is important instead of trying to, um, you know, having conversations where half the people don't know what, you're, what is being said. It just adds unnecessary layers of uh, difficulty and stops people from, you know, being able to jump in. Like with a lot of older people I've talked to about like I've talked to, I've had older people come to me and be like, I want to start a startup, but I don't know where to start. There's so much I don't know. I feel like I'm so behind. Um, and I think with young people, you don't really see that. It's just, I want to do this. Um, I have this idea. I believe in myself and I'm going to keep it simple, keep it stupid and just jump in. And, you know, that kind of faith and that focus on simplicity, I think, enables young people to do some awesome things. And I think that's something everyone can learn from. Hmm. Fascinating. So unless I'm mistaken, you've run your program for almost a year now and you've had, was it 89 people through your program? 
Um, so we had eight in the first cohort, and in our uh, in the fall, we've, we're opening up more seats. We have twenty that have been sponsored by awesome companies like Elliston, and then more coming in. How unusual is teen entrepreneurship? In other words, when you're finding your candidates that that you want to invest the t- the time in. I mean, I understand it's a paid program, so it's like a uh, they're paying for coaching, but you know, in your selection process, uh, do you look for something really, really out of the ordinary in these teens? Or are you just looking for strong motivation? Or are you looking for particular business ideas? What, what are you looking for? Um, I think the biggest thing we look for is more on the personality side. So we want teenpreneurs who are passionate, gritty, and demonstrate large levels of open-mindedness and being able to, you know, get up when they fall back down. I think those are really the most important things. And the idea comes second. So actually with all the students, including the one who was on Dragon's Den after just being in the program for six months, they all came in without an idea. Um, And I think the thing that really enabled them to become successful was their attitude and their mindsets. And that's what we try to select for. Do you think, I mean, this is going to be a little personalized to you, but you, you've shared a little bit about your fam- family background and the fact that you, your parents did have supported you. You feel like they have supported you on your journey. How much do you think that counts for, for teens who are either knowingly exploring and they want to be entrepreneurs to what extent do you think that is stimulated you know in in your family background to what extent in the people the cohorts you have run so far how many of them have had this sort of family level of support that they're like yeah you want to go for entrepreneurship you know i'll support you in a big way and some you know or or do you want to dig deep into something i'll support you to what extent is that really possible if you don't have that kind of support from from home I mean, it's a big question. I mean, it's one of the biggest questions in in, in America and in the world, right? How, how do we stimulate young young people to get these opportunities, even if they don't have, dare I say, sort of privileged background in the sense that you have a background where your parents are are able to support you in in this way? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I mean, I think it definitely does play a big role because we are a composition of like the top five people we spend time with. And if you are below the age of 18, your parents are going to be in that top five list. Um, so it for sure plays a, a, a large role in terms of your influences and your role model. Um, and that's actually something that we've been thinking about at Startup Dojo. So I mentioned earlier that we have sponsors like Elliston who are coming in. And the reasoning there is an acknowledgement of that idea that it's a very select, well, most, most teenagers don't necessarily have parents who A, understand what entrepreneurship is and B, why it's important. So we have companies like Elliston and several large, other large corporations that wanted to come in and bridge that gap by taking away the financial barrier and connecting all kinds of students with entrepreneurship education by offering scholarships to um, certain like 
several cohorts of teenpreneurs. And I think that's a really powerful point because it plays into this kind of theme that we're talking about of how, you know, there is an access issue. It, there's an access issue when it comes to entrepreneurship education, but also, you know, any sort of enrichment activity. And if we want to make sure we have the best talent going into any area, including entrepreneurship, we need to try and compensate for that by um, increasing access to those who deserve it and aren't just, you know, naturally privileged by their upbringing and their background. And, you know, I think it's a really good point to touch on it. It's something that we're working on, working on, working on attacking. So a lot of people on my podcast, I will ask them about the future. And mm -hmm. the unique thing, I think, with you, because you're several generations younger than many of the guests on my podcast, and maybe that's my fault, so I might need to change that. But it, it just struck me that asking, you know, what's going to happen in the next decade, that's not even a long time frame for you because, you know, you'll be like graduating college and then obviously um, next decade, you won't even be 28 at the, at the end of the next decade, which for most people who are a little bit older, right, when I ask them, that's a stretch question because they can't even imagine that far ahead, even if they are you know, futurists or, or so inclined, it, it is a very long time frame. So I'm very curious what you're going to say, you know, for you and for the field of teen entrepreneurship, what do you think is going to happen over the next decade? Um, maybe let's cover teen entrepreneurship first. Where, where do you think that field is going? Is Are we going to see, I mean, are you going to scale Startup Dojo to... Uh, a bigger program or are you going to focus on quality and 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 what's going to happen sort of to the aspiring teen entrepreneur over this next decade are we going to see any new opportunities because of changes in society are you seeing i mean is this now um will it possibly become easier or or is it going to remain very challenging to be a teen entrepreneur i think one thing for sure is i think It'll become even more evident as to why entrepreneurship is an important skill for young. Um, and I think part of that relates to some overarching trends um, that we're seeing today. So um, robotics, automation, no doubt it's going to have a huge impact on how the work industry progresses. And there, there are lots of conversations around that and what the future of work might look like today. Um, but I'm sure in 10 years, the awareness of um, what that future, like what that's going to look like and the, the, how top of mind it is for people is just going to increase. And as that becomes an even bigger conversation, the natural progression is, okay, so if we need more skilled workers, um, and if that is where the world is going, then why is the education system not doing anything to fulfill that? So when you ask that question, I think entrepreneurship becomes a very, very obvious answer in terms of how do we teach students to be able to think critically and problem solve as opposed to being cogs in a factory line, which can be easily replaced. So I think one thing for certain is that entrepreneurship is going to become more top of mind for more people and in hopefully more integrated into general education systems, if not um, external programs like Startup Dojo. Um, so that I think that's one big trend. What about yourself? Where are you going to be uh, 10 years from now? So you, you will have well 
cleared college, you know, given the the speed of your your training, where, where are you going to be? Are you still going to be an entrepreneur? You're going to be on your second, third, fourth startup? Are you going to be working in industry? Are you going to go into government? Do you have any idea about what you want to accomplish? Uh, I think this mission of supporting teen entrepreneurs, I think we're at the beginning of the wave, but I think staying on the wave and helping cultivate some of tomorrow's leaders over the next decade would be a good decade spent. So I think, um, you know, that's where, I, that's where I stand right now. Fascinating. Look, I'm, I'm so glad that you, you shared some of your experiences, uh, with, uh, with us. It's, um, fascinating to hear about how much you can accomplish in a, sh in a short amount of time, if you're very, very dedicated. And, uh, I'm, thrilled to hear that there are scholarships available because it would seem to me that your program deserves the attention uh, that it gets and that uh, a lot of young people could benefit tremendously from being in a peer group with others, uh, you know, coaching around that, of course. Uh, it sounds like a really exciting program to be in. Yeah, thank you so much, Tran, for having me on the podcast. Um, this is such a, such a fascinating discussion. And um, you know, if anyone is interested in learning more about Startup Dojo, feel free to head over to mystartupdojo.com. Um, check us out there. And also, if you're interested in podcasts, feel free to check out Young at Heart, uh, the Young at Heart show. Yeah, sure. And I'll link all of those up. That's no, no problem. Thanks a lot, Anjali. Thank you. You have just listened to the Futurized podcast with host Trunarne Unheim, futurist and author. The topic was teen entrepreneurship. And we talk about it, we talk about how to actually be one and how to foster it in others and how to facilitate their success. My takeaway is that as with all the problems we are facing in the world, teen entrepreneurship is more important than ever. Inspiring others is important, but providing advice is needed because even though entrepreneurs are full of initiative, it is important to realize that being entrepreneurial is not an innate skill. It can be learned especially if you start early. How inspiring to see a teen entrepreneur mentor other teens, even as she herself is becoming a student. Thanks for listening. If you liked the show, subscribe at futurize.org or in your preferred podcast player and rate us with five stars. If you like this topic, you may enjoy other episodes of Futurized, such as episode 95, Seed VC Trends and Founder Obsession, episode 74 on AI Talent Diversity, or episode 61 on the emergent Arabian startup scene. Futurized, preparing you to deal with disruption.